Ovechkin storming in. Alexander Ovechkin curl and drag to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pizzas Here podcast. I'm Eric. I'm also joined today by Will, Joey, and Jake. In addition to the regular cast, we are also joined by Ian Oland, who's been a guest before, but he is back today with us. Ian is the co-founder of Russian Machine Never Breaks, or RMNB for short, a Washington Capitals news site with a lot of readers and a lot of good stories, so check them out. If you don't already know who they are, but I'm sure you do. So, Ian, how are you today? I'm I'm good, and and like I said, is I have a special guest with me tonight. Uh, <laughs> we got the pizzas here, Ovi. Uh, uh, just to just to, you know mark the moment. And uh, Eric, I have another one for you if 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 you're able to get it. So, so you're gonna have a nice background. <laughs> and it's courtesy of Papa John's Pizza. So. <laughs> Shout out, sure out Papa John's DMV. <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot on the bill today. Um, here I can show you guys for the people who are watching live or on YouTube. <laughs> but we've got quite the schedule today. We got to recap our first round exit against the Florida Panthers or the Frauda Panthers for short. It's a whole three things. Uh, we are going to talk about who we are happy and unhappy with and then predictions for the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs and and it's an, it's gonna approximately take six and a half hours yeah that's, <laughs> that's how it usually goes so uh all right let's uh let's start off with let's talk about that series with our, our nice series against the Florida Panthers that was so much round. So this is what now the fourth straight year of a first round exit since winning the Stanley Cup if I'm not mistaken, it lasted longer than last year's. I mean, I'm yeah, I mean the fact that we won, the fact that we we got two games out of that series is is a blessing in itself. But we all know that we should have won know, the fucking series. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay probably would have clapped us if we even got to that series. Nah, man, without Braden Point. Yes, man. <laughs> Even without Braden Point, they are still clapping us. Bro, we own like Vasilevsky. If, I, I mean, if you think about it, if if we lost, if we if if, if we, we beat the Panthers, it would have been more fun. Had them win four games, and Tampa had them win no games. How do you figure we would beat the team? We'd actually score on the power. Play? I do think we would have played better than. The I think we would have played better than how Florida did this year, this past series. The, the Panthers, the Panthers, the entire postseason kept their best power play specialist on the second line, on the second unit, and then the they had their best the- power play guy, Joe Thornton, not even on the ice. <laughs> nah, it's pa- Patrick Hornquist. He was always on the second unit. I was like, why is he on the second unit? Dude, Patrick entire- Hornquist. If I ever saw that guy. I'd smack him. I would, yeah. I'm not going to make a threat, but I don't like Patrick Hornquist. So, in game one, your boys won the first game 4-2. Then game two, we got clapped 5-1. Game three, we clapped them 6-1. You know, basically said, whatever you can do, I can do better. And then 
you know, they just took the rest of it and shat on us. So game four, we lost in overtime 3-2. Yeah, I was game there. Five, it was fun. Game five, we lost 5-3. And then to end the series, we lost game – what is that? Six. six. Yeah. Game six. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we, we lost game six in overtime 4-3. to uh, We were without Tom Wilson for all but – what five minutes of without for a long time now? You're without Tom Wilson for all but like one or two shifts of the entire series. He did score in that time, but we were without him. Uh, what's his goals per What are your, your guys? What are your guys' thoughts? I know no one is having any pleasant thoughts about it, but what do you guys think? Nah, it was it it was it was it's so brutal. Because you look at the last three series we've played against the Hurricanes, it was just we got we got we lost Kentney before the playoffs, and we lost Oshie. It was like if we get punched in the mouth by them, we were we didn't have any mentality to come back against them. We were too injured. Then against the Islanders, we didn't care. We didn't want to be there, and I don't blame them. It was fucking cut Toronto. No one wants to be there. Um, and then last year we just gave up and had all those injuries. This season it was like the first time since probably 2018 we had outplayed someone pretty drastically through a majority of the series. And the fact that we let it slip, like you can blame the injuries. It's just like you, you got to find a way to – like I think game four when he missed the empty net by like inches, I don't blame Garden Hathaway. He was making that play and he was giving it his best effort. Dude. <laughs> It's like it's like you go back into the vacuum. I was there, and when we saw it live, like a part of me deep down was like, "Oh man, is that gonna be like the moment where the entire series changed?" And it's exactly where it changed. The Panthers were able to score, and then scored in overtime, and then came back three nothing against us, and then beat us in overtime. And yeah, um, I, I, on the NHL app now, it doesn't even show our past games. It's just news. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. I don't want real money. I mean. I think oh I I wish the, we we did better than people thought we were gonna do. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> thought we were gonna lose in five. We're gonna get like, swept. We're gonna get swept. And, I mean, it's pretty embarrassing though when we shut them out on the the on the, the power play and we still lose a series to them. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and then this year, Panthers Panthers go to the second round and. Tampa Bay scores more goals than they had wins. Or, uh, I just, Ian, what are your so takeaways weird. from the series? I, I was at game I, six. That shit was soul crushing. Yeah, I bet That's it was. So like, I, you know, coming into the series, uh, I kind of, I, I didn't think that they were going to go deep in the playoffs. And, you know, because you could kind of see the problems. And I think the problems that appeared in the first round weren't really the problems that were, defining them in the season like the goaltending actually came around mostly i think sam sodoff was kind of iffy in game six but mostly he was pretty good and uh you know vanacek kind of had a eh performance in game two but um the things that really betrayed them weren't the things that betrayed him earlier in the year and um I, I i don't know what to make of it honestly um part of me was like really proud of how they played. I thought they played the best that they literally could play in the series. And as a fan, that made me uh, pretty happy, but like, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. After Tampa Bay, just wiped the floor with them. I don't like, I don't know what to make of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely rough to see a team that, you know, took us out, get absolutely cracked on 
I, I certainly think I certainly think that Andrei mm -hmm. Vasilevsky was a huge part of that. Like if you look at the actual games, um, while I agree Tampa deserved to win the series, um, and the result, like the end result of Tampa moving to the conference final was, you know, what the run of play suggested, it, it didn't suggest a sweep. Like Florida definitely deserves yeah. to win a few games. Uh, maybe like I, mm -hmm. I think like really that that really the games they had the look of a six game series. Uh, but you know Andre Vasilevsky just is just was just went absolutely sicko mode on them for lack yeah, of yeah. I love I love um, all the Maple Leafs fans saying, "Oh, we would have beaten the Panthers in four. Yeah, you have Jack Campbell. They have Andre Vasilevsky. You are getting blown out of your smithereens by this offense in four. I like, think that Tampa the Tampa Andre Vasilevsky won this series. The Lightning did not. I'm just gonna be honest. Andre Vasilevsky swept them. He straight up carried them. They're missing one of their best forwards. They're literally seem like they're so disjointed. Like they literally just won the most crazy, like BS series against the Maple Leafs. And somehow Andre Vasilevsky's like, oh, that's right. I'm the best goalie in the world. And just stopped every shot. Like it's, it's really weird. <laughs> like it, it's there, there are times where it's like Andre Vasilevsky's the only guy doing something and the, and the team's collapsing or he's the only one doing something. And they're just straight up not letting anything happen. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I I fully believe that if if Carolina, I'm I'm still trying to think about like what's going to happen if Carolina or New York wins. I don't know if Carolina has the offense to match what the um, Lightning can do, and I don't know what the hell the Rangers are. Truthfully, like I feel like we're just we're sort of in a Pandora's box where it's like, oh, one game they're going to shut them out, the other game it's a like it's weird. These playoffs don't make sense. I I, tr I truly feel like we're we're at the point where oh, it's oh, Joey just said these playoffs don't make sense. Maple Leafs lost in the first round. That makes perfect sense to that's me. That's the only thing that's made that sense. That makes perfect so far. sense to me. That's the only fucking thing that's made sense so far. <laughs> I think I think truthfully, th this in my honest opinion has become a two horse race. Um, you've got Colorado, uh, who are just an amazing team, one of the best in the league, uh, and then you've got. You know, what's the? I can't speak. Tampa. Um, Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> like Tampa it's, <laughs> it, it seems to pretty much be coming down t to those two. Um, those are really your. your I wouldn't mind. That'd be a very. Energetic. That'd be a fun. That'd be a fun final. I don't know if I really want either. I mean, I guess I would be happy for the. It wouldn't be like last year where a bunch of goddamn teenagers and old people took on the Lightning for four five games with the Canadians. Like it's actually would be a team that would stand up to them. Because look, the past years they played like they played the Stars, and it was I didn't really see how the Stars got to the final in that bracket. The only reason is the pandemic. See how the Canadians got, and to then the it's final. the same thing. Canadians like the Canadians making the final is pure like that's just like that's like going ahead and, and like go ahead. That's gone ahead and given every person that's like, oh, we need to shorten the playoffs. No fuel because an eight, the sixteenth ranked seed in the entire postseason was able to make the final, and it's like. That's incredible. Script, scripted. It's not scripted. If Montreal script. is getting scripted. We're in a in a dark place. In the w world. script. They're gonna be back this. They're gonna be back. All this right. So so I'm curious. I'm curious, Ian, if uh, what what you think about like the remaining teams, like who who, like who, who's really like your contenders? Uh, I mean, like who, who would you have to that would win it? Um, I I kind of see it being a race between Colorado and Tampa, and Colorado winning it, but the Avalanche are, you know, they've 
lost so many They're times chokers. before. You can say it. <laughs> it's hard to really know. Um, I, yeah, I guess we'll see. Their second favorite team is the Avs, so I, be careful. <laughs> I, yeah, like I like I don't know. In the past, I I always was like, well, the best team, you know, will probably win. But like, you know, the NHL playoffs are such a toss up. Uh, you know, hence Keith Keith a coin uh, helping us do the predictions and the actual Keith a coin. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I like I think logically that would make the most sense. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I don't have really any deep thoughts. I, I, and just to be honest, I don't want you guys to judge me too much. I pretty much completely stopped watching the Royals as soon as the Capitals. That's fine. That's, like, that's, that's the thing is, like, I, I, I've, I've started to develop that's like liking for the teams because it's like once the Capitals are eliminated, I hate it. I hate the playoffs. It's like to, to piggyback on what Ian said. So somebody actually asked me this last night because you know I'm such a credible and you know intelligent source. So people oh, come to me with their course. their hockey related questions now. But did you they, win the they playoffs asked for the me, most, like the best? Uh, What's it called? The best takes that Twitter. Yeah, I, I was yeah, voted, there you go. Was voted one of the nominees for best takes on on Caps Twitter. So thank you. Oh to yeah, all. I saw that. Congratulations! Thank you to all those who voted for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, imagine not winning worst takes, bro. <laughs> I thought I'd be in there because a lot of the I consider you guys like young Twitter or something like new, yeah. new Caps Twitter. I, I like, feel young. Like I'm not, I'm not. I'm not in that group. I'm not cool enough. Like I don't know what happened. I was nominated. I was nominated in some bullshit categories. <laughs> you got you got biggest troll, right? I got biggest <laughs> troll. Oh yeah. Didn't, didn't Joey get? Nominated Dude, I totally for, fucking nominated. Him Joey got nominated for most optimistic and most pessimistic. I got both of those too. I was in both of those. I have my moments for both. I have my moments for both. Let's be honest. But anyways, it's it's. You know, it's my pleasure to serve the community and give back to, to Capitals fans everywhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only so, thing we've given them is a podcast. Yeah, no, but uh, so I I kind of agree with what what Ian was saying. Um, I feel like the two biggest horses in this race are the two fastest horses, whatever phrasing you would use in that. I feel like the two the two biggest contenders right now are Tampa and Colorado. I feel like I feel like it's like a tiers list. Like S tier is Colorado and Tampa right now. Mm-hmm. A tier is like whoever wins Calgary versus Edmonton and like Carolina. And then like that's it. Everyone else doesn't have a shot. That's that's pretty much my take on it. But, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Calgary Edmonton. Like, I feel like David is on a legit tear. To be fair though, the Canes and the Rangers are tied right now, two yeah. two in the series. So that could still go to either of them. But I don't think the Rangers have any chance of winning the Stanley Cup if they win the Stanley Cup. After me saying this, I'll eat that. But best I don't take. Think- I don't think they have a chance, but considering I have the best takes on Gab's Twitter, I feel like whatever I say is going to (laughs) go. I I just want to bounce in there. I actually think the Rangers are a lot better than than some people might suggest just because I think their first line can just score at any time sometimes, and they have such great goaltending that it's – they could just pull I, I out of the hat, you know. Not not like to like shit on the Rangers or like that they're a bad team. I definitely think they're a you know great team right now, but I don't think they're on that same level as like Tampa and Colorado. Like when it comes down to it, but they are dangerous considering they're 
tied with Carolina right now. Maybe I I don't honestly like just based off of the fact that those two are so close, that makes you think maybe Carolina's not gonna gonna go anywhere. But Edmonton is up three one on Calgary right now in the Battle of Alberta. <clears throat> McDavid, like Will said, is playing out of his mind. Um, what what was it the other day? He's the first player in NHL history to have nine multi point games in the first ten games of a playoffs year run. So that's that's wild. Just basically telling you what McDavid is as a player. So that's something like, you know, like the, I I I personally like I'm okay with either team winning that series. Part of me wants to see McDavid and Drysaddle have success. You know, because I mean. We, we've had Ovechkin go through up until 2018 for years get – enough. Oh, he's he may be the, one of the best players in the world or the best at this, but, you know, he doesn't have team success. I want the trade rumors. I want McDavid out of Colorado before that happens. But what? I want the I want the McDavid trade rumors first. That's what Ovechkin got. He deserves that first. I get <laughs> it. But I feel like McDavid is, like Will has said before – you can argue he's the most skilled and talented hockey player ever already, but I want to see I want to see McDavid and Drysaddle have some success because I feel like they deserve it considering what they've had to go through in that organization. But I mean, even outside of outside of McDavid and Drysaddle, Edmonton's lines and just entire lineup have really stepped up like the last. In this series, you know, I mean, Evander Kane's like the leading scorer, like goal scorer in the, the playoffs this year by three art right now. Um, Hold on, this is, for, this is for Evander Kane. I hope I hope he needs uh, he, he needs it. <laughs> Kachuk, Kachuk definitely has had the best chirp and performance of the playoffs. Do you see the guy that threw a dollar bill into the penalty box? But no, I that was that was like music to my eyes and ears was when Evander Kane and Matthew Kachuk were talking shit to each other. Kane could score 10 goals in a game, I'll still call him a piece of shit. I'm sorry. They were anyways, what I was saying. They were just... They were Sabres legend. (laughs) (laughs) What? What is that? Evander Kane, Sabres legend. Ryan O'Reilly, Sabres legend. Ryan O'Reilly, Sabres legend. But... They were shit talking each other in each of the penalty boxes, and then, like, it went on for the entire of entire like five minutes or whatever it was, and then, like, the first shift back on, or whatever, or for some reason Kane was still in the box, but Kachuk was on the ice and he scores, and then he ended up getting a hat trick that game, but he scores his second goal of the game, and the camera shows Kachuk celebrating with his team when he scores. Then the camera just switches to Evander Kane in the box, just, just like so. It was hilarious. But the Oilers, the Oilers look like a legitimate threat right now. I mean, but at the same time, with Mike Smith in your goal, can you really win a Stanley Cup? He always looks. He always looks like he's about to like die or give up a goal. But the man has been playing very well. Like 
Like, truth be told, he's been playing quite good hockey. He let Nikita Zadora <laughs> from three-fourths down the ice yesterday. This motherfucker was staring at the puck all the way down there. And afterwards, he's like, what the fuck, guys? I'm like, my brother in Christ. Bro, bro, it literally was a floater. Bro, bro been like this for 40 <laughs> minutes. Bro fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awful. You won't hear me argue man, about man that. Moved in I always say this. I always say they definitely got to keep giving McDavid's handicaps to make his teams look like shit. Because if McDavid didn't have any player that was at Mike Smith's tier, he would have won four cups already. Because every other season, it's some other person that's messing it up for him. And it's hilarious. It's the funniest thing in the world. Like, oh my God. And every time they mess up, it's just fucking hilarious. Like, it's just too funny. Like, what was it? 2017 against the Ducks. They're up like 3 nothing against, they're up like 3 nothing against the Ducks in the fifth or the third period with like three minutes to go. And then all of a sudden, like, every goal goes into the Ducks and it's 3 3 before the game's over. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, so, it's just amazing. So, Ian, you said, you said the Avs would be your pick. Even though you haven't, you know, been keeping up as much. I kind of, I kind of happen. Like, okay. I, let me let me just give you the best. The best way for me is like, you know, since I I do this like every day for the entire season. Uh, at the end, I'm just like freedom, and, and like I feel guilty that I haven't spent enough time with my family and Ethan and even my cats. And so I just I just do stuff that I'm really interested in, and then I kind of come back around the conference finals and I get into the Stanley Cup final. It happens every year. I mean, I wish I cared. I just, I, I, it's, too much hockey. it's too much fucking hockey for me. I just... Good off season hobby to pick up bowling. Bowling. Okay. I'm a big bowling guy. I'll do, I'll do that with you. I'll yeah, do it. Bowling is fun. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say you got a, you got a, you got a freaking blazer on and a mustache from the eighties. You know, like, I love bowling. <laughs> Bowling's great. They don't, wear, they don't wear it's a polo shirt, first off. Whatever, you man. Look, you look like they don't, you cooked pasta today I, and put it in the man, water. Shut the hell up. Get out. Don't start roasting me for my fucking You put bro. the water in it the is pasta the, soup. You made pasta soup. I don't want to hear a take out of you. I don't want to hear a take from you. You don't know how to charge your microphone. I bet you don't even put salt in the water. I do put salt in the water. Don't ever fucking question. Don't ever. That, that's the only that you use. Don't ever accuse. I, oh, I, I, no. You ever accuse that again. On the bowling really quick, we uh, we actually held a party, an R&B party, in like 2013 or 2014. And like 200 people from D.C. drove up to come up to our like our hometown bowling alley. It was amazing. Was freaking lit, dude. I'm that scared. was amazing. We were like, we'll we'll rent like nine lanes. And then it was it was like not nearly enough. And it, it was that was actually a great feeling. You know what I mean? Because you always no underestimate. Feeling, there's no better feeling than getting a greasy ass pizza and a nice <laughs> yeah. beverage and and you know rolling some strikes. It's there's I no get some feeling. neon and getting the neon lights after 10. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I actually want to – I have one topic Sorry. that I want to cover um, before we evolve too far. <laughs> who, 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 who are the frauds this year? Panthers! <laughs> yeah, obviously. Besides the Panthers, like, um, who do we think like Maple, really dropped Maple the Leafs. ball? Maple Leafs, Maple Panthers. Leafs. Um, really, the Leafs? I'm going to go ahead and say the Wild. 
Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was the wildest one that I was. I'm sorry. I'm, I love Krill Kaprizov, but that dude needs help. It was him versus the Blues, and he got he just had no hope. The goaltending, like, they traded uh, for Marc-Andre Fleury, and he lasted a day less than the Capitals did. So, congrats, buddy. Way to pick that team right. Um, and um, they – I just – I don't – like, the Wild I, – I, I feel like they're entering this, this season was so weird for them. Because obviously they got the what's it called the Parise and Suter cap hits are coming, and that's fourteen million dollars. And in an era in the NHL where this the cap's not going to raise that much over the next few seasons, that's a lot of money that they won't have to sign guys like Fiala. Possibly. Like Kevin Fiala, yeah. That, and Fiala, as we saw, is when he's on another level, he's really good for them. And if they can't resign him, which they're likely not going to, because he's going to demand some crazy shit because he's insane. Like it's really like if the Capitals want to get Kevin Fiala, honestly, I would I'd be fucking down for it. Um, but um, but it's like you're really seeing like this was like their biggest chance to do something in the playoffs, and they kind of dropped the ball heavily. Like they traded for Flurry, they seemingly have a great amount of depth on offense. Their defense is stout, and they lost in six. Like it's it's just like it's so weird. Cause like the Leafs, I'm like, dude. Let's be honest. We all saw that coming. Like, can I be honest? Well, the we Leafs, all no, the we Leafs, all saw no, it coming. I, 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 agree <laughs> no, I, I had some hope for at least a round. I mean, it's I agree. The Leafs did not have a seller, or, or, or sorry, did not have the result they wanted. But they were also playing against the back-to-back defending champions, the team that took out the floor, uh, or sorry, the President's Trophy winner in four games and allowed them to score three goals. Bro, the Capitals almost took out the Panthers. That's not impressive anymore. Um, I don't agree. I mean, I think the Caps team played very well. <laughs> the Capitals almost beat the Panthers, my guy. The Panthers were not as impressive as we thought. Um, I think the biggest thing is the Wild had the best chance to go on a real true dark horse run and had like everything lining up perfectly for them. They didn't have to face the President's Trophy winning apps. They got to play the Blues team that they played really well against this season. They got a great goaltending tandem that could do a lot of good work with this defense. This offense is very, like, fortunate. They, they, they capitalized really well. They reminded me a lot of what the Blackhawks did in the in the two, early 2010s. They got a lot of great system guys that work really well. And they just all seem, besides Kaprizov and, I guess, Talbot once he took over, they all just kind of stopped. And it was like, like what, like you, you wonder what happened. Like, yes, they're young. They have Boldy, Kaprizov. They got a couple more prospects that are really good. But like with that cap hit coming, they're going to start losing these people that are key contributors to this team. Like Fiala, they're going to possibly have other guys. And you're wondering like, is there a ceiling with this team already? Like, and I'm not going to say like trade Kaprizov or some stupid shit, but like, is this like the best season they've ever had? Like, is only once again a first round exit to the St. Louis Blues. Like that that is literally heartbreaking to hear in my opinion. Like that that would suck for a Wild fan. Cuz if you don't know, have you ever seen like a list of like the past 20 years of Wild sports? I mean, you like, should make sports? a Wild podcast. You mean Minnesota? Min- no, not just not just Min- yeah, yeah, Minnesota. Just all Minnesota sports teams. It's it's like it's like horrific. It's like if we if you think DC's suffering for the 20 years in between second round appearances was suffering. That's like going through like some minor like inconveniences that like the Timberwolves didn't make the playoffs for 15 years. They didn't win a playoff game for 15 years. The Vikings, you know, um, and the twins have lost 15 straight playoff games to one team. 
15 straight playoff games to one team, the New York Yankees. That is heartbreaking. That is the worst thing in the world. I, I would never wish that upon my worst enemy to be a Minnesota sports fan. That is the worst thing, like honestly. So I'm really interested to see what they do this offseason. I hope they keep Fiala because he plays really well with Caprice all nah, There's no chance to keep Fiala. Other than possibly. It just depends well, on what just they do. No, like he, there's, I just don't think there's I, – I really don't know why they bought out Suter at the end of the day. All right. Suter I didn't get. I, just, I want to know what you guys think. So do you think it's possible for McDavid to win the Conn Smythe without making it to the Stanley Cup no, final? No, no chance. Has that ever happened? I don't know. There's never it has. Yeah, Gene Sebastian Gaguire won it when the Ducks lost. I remember that. I remember watching that. Well, did, well, did they make that all? Did the semis the or the final? They made the final. Well, that okay. I mean, has it ever happened? Do you think, you think it's possible for him to win it without even getting to the final? I actually do think it's possible. Yeah, if he's like but, I mean, that, you have like, your points. Still, like, the leader in points. I feel like there's like yeah, that, like just that that even shows even more how like how he deserves it. It's like damn, he had the most points without even playing another like everyone else had another series so, so it's like it's typically given obviously to the mvp of the winning team yeah. uh but then like if both teams are kind of even and somebody outshines everyone else on the losing team then they will do it right. uh, but it has to be like a narrative media story um the other part of it is too is that like mcdavid is is considered one of the best players in, i mean well he, i'm sorry he's considered the best player in the nhl and I mean, if he goes bonkers and takes him to like the conference final, and at the end of this, at the end of the playoff year, he has like five or ten more points than the next closest guy. I think he could go into that conversation. Absolutely, it's meant for the best player in the playoffs. It does not have to be the cup guy. So that'd be wild. I mean, that would be cool. Right now, cool. I'm looking at. I'm going to look at the stats for the playoffs. McDavid is currently. I mean, we all know he's leading fucking points. Obviously, that's no doubt. The next closest guy is. The next two closest people are people on his own team. It's Drysaddle yeah, and, and Kane with 15. The We're next closest non-Edmonton Oiler Kucherov. is Kucherov. Kucherov, right. And then after yeah. that, it's Zibanejad and then Perron. We all know what the fuck's about to happen to David Perron. Kucherov, um, Kucherov has had the most points in the playoffs the last two years straight. The the people that I think could catch them to if they somehow get eliminated in this round Kale are – Kale is an interesting one. Um, Gaudreau is at 13. That's not under – I mean, if Gaudreau starts going off, which – McKinnon McKinnon only had nine points going into tonight's game. Yeah, he had three. He's, he has three so far, which is crazy. But he's got two goals and mm-hmm. an, assist. an assist. So he's got three points tonight. 12. So he's, he's in the top 10 now. He's in the top 10. <clears throat> Carter Verhage has 12. He's out. McCarr has an assist. And I think no, the, he only has an assist. I don't think any of the abs could in realist because they're so they're deep. They're not they're built on Yeah, they don't have like a single guy that's like, gotta be Kucherov or Zabenejad, I think. I think sure. if no McDavid, shot if McDavid Zibanejad. drags that team into the final and Tampa Bay is the winning team, I think that's your most likely scenario. Because then we're talking about a Tampa team that has been winning together, and you know, they gave the consmite to Hedman, they rightfully gave it to Vasilevsky. I think, right? Those are the two from their yeah. last two. Um, and, you know, like, understandably so. But it could very much be argued that this team, the success, I mean, it is, it is objectively that the success of this team is because they're so deep and that all of their players contribute. So if you have them going to the final and winning, which, God forbid, um, <laughs> and then you have, you know, uh, you have Connor McDavid leading the Oilers, um, 
and he's got 10 more points than the, than you know Tampa's leading scorer, say Kucherov or, or Stamkos maybe. I don't really, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but, but that, think, that's your yeah. scenario where that becomes possible, right? You um, gotta give it to him in that sense. I look, I looked at the top goaltenders by the way too, because that's another thing. The top goaltender in the playoffs right now is Jordan Bennington, but he's not playing again. Um, also, he's a dick. Um, no one's really talking about the fact that like. Auntie Rant is, is the next best bet right now. Um, well, I was He's just going to say, Benner, Bennington, I mean, like, I, again, I don't like the dude very much because uh, he's kind of an asshole. But he was, I mean, that was a series-changing injury right there. I, first of all, to be clear, it was very obviously not Nazem Kadri's fault. Like, it was very obviously not intentional. Con- uh, intentional. It was very much incidental, um, blah, blah, blah. That said, it, it took Bennington out. That, that is a statement about the play that happened. And then from there, the, the Blues just died. And I, I think they're still – oh, they're, they're sort of alive right now, but they're probably going to lose. Um, and, you know, that was such a huge turning point because this Blues team was extremely good. Uh, and they just – they're not able to do it without Bennington. So. Yeah. Bob was, Thomas just scored. Yeah. Uh, Darcy Kemper is – He's up there. He could be in consideration for it. I mean, he's he's played really well. Andre Vasilevsky is probably in the race for it too. And Mike Smith, I mean, <laughs> he actually has played really well this postseason. He's got a point nine three one. But oh boy, last night was not one of his finest moments. <laughs> that was that was like literally comedy. I think uh, I think I'll be fair if it, he he's I think he is allowed to laugh at it. Everybody, he's allowed to laugh. Well, since they've won, he is. He is. Let's all lost. He's probably getting run out of Edmonton. (laughs) He's probably like, like. How about we? uh, How about we all make our like first and second choice picks for who's gonna win everything, and then we can uh, take our opportunity to rant about people we're not happy with. All right. Uh, We'll start with Ian. You you said you said Avs and then Lightning, right? Yeah, I'd go Avs Lightning. All right. Well, I did New like? York. I'll even give a third. New York. I think New York might be. The I mean, it's there. it's Lightning. the Avs and Lightning are one and two. Uh, <laughs> the order that you put them in is is debatable. Um, so I think genuinely the third the, the third most likely team. I do think Edmonton is that third most likely team right now. Yeah, Jake. I was gonna agree with Will. I was gonna say Edmonton is my third, then Tampa, then or Avs, then Tampa. Uh, Joey. I got Avs and the Rangers. I think uh, Shesterkin. I think Shesterkin's figured it out because if you've looked at his last few games, he's played a hell of a lot better. And, it's, and the team can get offensive production from guys and the depth, like that youth line they put together, Kako Lafreniere, Heedle. Like that yeah. line gets going. That's a line that's like going to be looked back at a big difference maker because that youth is highly underrated at times. I know that Gerard Gerard uh, is a bit of a a cult of personality head coach, but he's at least got them back in order. Nah, and they came up. back for, and they came back down three not three one for the Penguins. That wasn't nothing. That was impressive. Like you could say what you want about injuries and all that stuff and how like a bunch of different penguins are like they still had to win those games against a team that has won back to back cups in the past ten years. And yeah, that's that was like, a great day for human rights. That was amazing. Yeah. That was an amazing, awesome, great outstanding series. I I'm so happy that that series happened the exact same way it happened. What series? The Rangers versus the Penguins, how they got to experience the exact same nah. pain we felt. Beautiful. But I think the Rangers are have figured it out. And I think they're going to be if, – if they win, I think they beat Tampa in seven. I think they have a chance. All right. 
So I disagree with you. I think That's Tampa right. is I think Tampa's number one right now. I think Colorado is second. And I think I'd have to agree with Will right now. Edmonton is third, but I still think that Carolina or New York have the capability to somehow switch it on out of nowhere and turn shit up. But that's a matter of who wins that series because it is 2-2 right now. So whoever wins that series, if they can take the momentum of winning that series and carry it into the next you know, couple rounds, then there's a chance. But I think Tampa is really scary right now. And are, are they going to get Braden Point back? They like, have not said what's wrong with him. Like I not, I know they said it was lower body, but I don't know like what the. Uh, and that, in that point, the way it looked, the way it looked when he got hurt, it looks a lot similar to what happened. It's the shit where he like fell back on his oh leg, right? Horrible. That looked. I I'm shocked there. Well, even, like, he came back games. in that game. I, I, I think if I'm Tampa right now, I'm not jeopardizing his future. I'm saying he can't play the rest of the playoffs. He's your like he's your future of your franchise. Him and Vasilevsky. Well. Like, You've won back-to-back cups with him. You just, you genuinely shouldn't be sacrificing him for the sake of at least, in in retrospect, beating like and the fucking boost tied. That's great. Um, and I'm I'm like the biggest brain point dude in the world. But if he like, I feel like it's a, you know, there's there's multiple factors that go into that. It's what the injury is, what body part. How serious? Well, like if it's if it's not serious, and it's if it's just, like something where there's a significant risk of he shouldn't, you know, it might get effed up further, or it could lead to prolonging the injury itself. Then yeah, don't don't play him. But if it's just a matter of like like dry sidle, for instance, like you know, it just it's gonna hurt a bit, but you're not, like you know you can still play, and you're you know you can still tough it out if you want to. So I think it's a matter of what the injury is and how severe it is and you know obviously his input in it so like you know obviously if he isn't up for it then he's not up for it but if they get Braden point back if they get even half of a Braden point back i think that they are very 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 scary they're already very very scary but if they get even half of a Braden point back they're even more scary so i go with tampa number one but would anybody like to take their first shot at somebody? I think Will has somebody he well, likes. Well, go ahead. I think you've been, you've been desperate. Or you're unhappy with from the Capitals playoff series. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was complaining about him a lot earlier, but I, I do genuinely think Farivari was not good at all. Um, the analytics think he's a terrible hockey player. I'm not willing to go that far. Um, but... I was not happy with his uh, his his play in the playoffs. I mean, it just wasn't very good. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. Um, he he was giving. I mean, the Carlson Faravari pair in the playoffs was pretty bad as a whole. But I think Faravari was like the catalyst for a lot of the the positional breakdowns. Uh, he blew like three or four two on ones that he just needed to play better. He just needed to play those. Uh, better and I, I just i thought i thought he was probably the most disappointing player um for us during that series just because of how i just felt like in all the moments where we really really needed him to step up uh that was when he let us down i'd love to react to that is that uh um, yeah, go for it he he was 
not great in the playoffs and down the stretch. Um, uh, Peter, uh, the other co-founder of RMB, he did a really interesting breakdown where he compared Faravari stats before COVID around, I think it was late December, and then the rest of the season. And he was probably the top defenseman on the team in the first half of the season, and then he fell off a cliff after COVID. Now, it doesn't mean that it necessarily was lingering effects from COVID or something like that. Uh, I think to, I think there could have been two things going on. One, he has never played that long of a season. You know, that was his first real season in the NHL. He didn't play that many games in Hershey. So I think that workload, and then you're thinking he was playing in Europe. You know, he, he played in the SHL coming to Hershey, um, you know, and, and then in the pandemic years. I just don't think he played that much hockey. And so I think he kind of fell off the cliff because of that. And then John Carlson is, is very obviously – a guy who kind of fades down the stretch and he has poor second halves of the year usually. So I think, I think that was kind of what was going on. Um, you know, and COVID could have also been, you know, lingering effects from COVID could have been a part of that too. But uh, yeah, I mean, the defense, the first pairing, arguably the first pairing lost it for him in the playoffs. Yeah, that was, that was just so, really I'm going to go ahead and take over right now. Nathan McKinnon just scored the most fucking insane goal ever. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, that was unreal. Is that a hat trick? That is a hat trick. That's he four just, points. And him. the Blues had tied it, so this is a game-winning goal right now if they hold on away. That's that's like – that's some fucking top shit. So, Blues have the lead well, and it's gone. I want, to, I want to take the opportunity to rip into John Carlson a little bit. <laughs> Analytically, his defense has actually improved this year compared to yeah, last year. But, but I think that's fair, Vari. <laughs> but I don't, I don't give a, a flying shit about what the analytics have to say about his defense improving, however much it did. But numbers are, are good, yes, but the eye test does not lie. And if I see you – just you know seemingly incapable in the defensive zone at least once or twice a game and when those mistakes are very very costly almost all the time that bothers me especially when your contract is eight mil a year don't get me wrong i understand that we're paying him that money because he is an offensively talented defender but there are defenders in the nhl that you could pay half as much that can hold down a power play without being a liability in the defensive zone. I love John Carlson to death. I've met him before. Great guy, great hockey player at times, but he's aging and I, I don't know. I mean, it just like, it just like I, I know I'm not crazy when I say this because other people say it all the time. Like I'm glad that his analytics look better, but it's just so often that I see mistakes it's, it's like the Brendan Dillon shit like a year ago. Like, okay, his numbers might actually look decent or good, but if I see you just doing stupid shit or making continuous mistakes that are so obvious, it's like, you know, I don't know what else to say. But a couple numbers that do help the argument of him not being great lately. He, uh, he was on the ice for the last seven goals against us in our series against Florida, so that's something. And he had zero 5v5 points in the series versus Florida. So he wasn't 
contributing positively on either end. He had some power play points. That's great. But like I said, other people can run the power play. But I do want to give a shout-out to TJ Oshie. He still, right now, uh, is tied for the most power play goals in this year's playoffs. He had four in our one series against Florida, so that's awesome. Shout-out to TJ Oshie. But I hope John Carlson can turn shit around. Like I said, I love the guy. I don't want to... Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's like you love, you love the player and they've, you know, they've been in your franchise for so long. You don't want to see them decline and you don't want to see them go inevitably, but you know, worse comes to worse that may happen. But at the same time, you know, like I said, he means that much to the organization. You don't want him to go regardless. So I hope him and Faravari can turn things around. Obviously Faravari is a young player. So, He's, he's got time. Like Ian said, this is the first time he's played in a season this long. You know, obviously no playoff experience under his belt, no 82-game season experience under his belt. And he was he was very impressive first half of the season. So I assume with time and with maturation, he can find more consistency in that. So that's what I'm hoping we can see. Obviously, Nick Jensen and Orlov are – our most shut down pair. They weren't as good as they tend to be in the Florida series, but you've got I've got love for them. <clears throat> Schultz and TVR were iffy, but I thought they were probably the best performing pair as a pair. Yeah, I think I think they were the but like that like even our best performing pair is like was still kind of. I iffy. also think you're out of your mind if you think you could just find a random guy who who runs a power play or plays offense as well as Carlson. I don't no, think. yeah, I don't. I mean, Carlson's easily like the best power play defenseman in the entire league. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think McCarr is getting his most close. I don't know. I think it's. I think. I think it's him and McCarr, and then it's just fucking everybody else. I'm just sorry. If you just I think Aaron like, Eckblad is up there too. Fuck Aaron. Ekblad. You wouldn't rather have. <laughs> you wouldn't rather have Roman Yossi than John Carlson. I'd rather have Yossi. I, I would like because 10, he's over like all the other players. guys. But if you want talking purely power play and offensive standpoint, I think McCarr and Carlson are in. Roman Yossi is is better offensively than defensively. I don't give a shit, man. I don't care. I I honestly think if they let Orlov do it, like he would be the best, like one of the best. Oh no! If Orlov got more consistent time on the power play, he'd be insane. I don't know. You know where are you going to find somebody to do it? The second line. Oh, he's not gonna be. He's not <laughs> gonna be as good line. as Carlson. Here's, here's I, the thing. I agree with you. He may not be as good as Carlson, but I think if they had grown him up into that role, I think the problem is is that he's not a righty. He's a lefty, right? So, so you want a lefty passing it, or you want a righty passing it to Ovi in the left circle? So I'm not saying I want to get rid of John Carlson, but if you're, but think about okay. this. Think about this. Say you get rid of John Carlson on eight mil, put Orlov on the power play. You have what and you can take that eight mil put it into other people that you put on the power play just restructure carlson's deal is that like a thing no that's no i can't do that <laughs> trade him <laughs> i don't i don't know i think you all i think everyone here is underestimating the value that carlson brings us no absolutely he brings a lot of value you put him on like maybe 20 maybe 15 other teams he's the top defense on that team easily <laughs> He runs their power play. He runs their defense. He's the best defenseman on the team day one, no doubt. But the thing is, is when that's the limit of our top defenseman is only being better than half the league's other defensemen. Like, we're paying this guy $8 million. I get it. There's worse contracts out there. 
we could be stuck with Eric Carlson's corpse. We right could now. have Eric Carlson. Like, or, that uh, could be awesome. We could be stuck guy. with Drew Doughty. We could have Drew Doughty's contract. Like, we could be stuck with those contracts. I, I don't know how Brian McCullum pulled off his contract. Like, the fact that, like, guys like Drew Doughty and Carlson, like, 11 no the year after. Car Mc, Mc, like, Mc, 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 McClellan, Mc, McClellan looked like a freaking, like, jail robber. He just, like, completely stole that contract. But, like, the thing is, we're still paying him $8 million a year, and he's our top defenseman. And I get it. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He does a really great job. We just amplify those mistakes to the point that we're like, you're eight, making $8 million a year, my guy. We need you to be consistent. If you're not scoring goals every day, that's fine. If you're not having three points a game, that's fine. We need you to just play consistent defense. Your position has defense in the name. Just don't fucking whiff on passes twice in three weeks and cause a breakaway goal the other side. Don't put your rookie defensive partner in shitty positions to make decisions he's not truthfully ready to make. Like, he's got to be smarter. And I, might, I, I, I might be being more harsh on Carlson than necessary. I understand that. I may be completely wrong. I also understand that. But... There's I just the things that, just, I, that I, wow, I don't like sometimes, but I do agree with the value that he brings to this team. Like I said, I don't want to get rid of him, at least right now, but Absolutely. there are things that I see that I don't like. And I feel like as a player who's getting paid eight mil, you should be allowed to be critiqued and yeah, criticized if you're doing things that someone doesn't like because you're the eight mil, $8 million player. I'm allowed to see something I don't like in you and say you should fix that because you're getting paid. Oh, Christ, no. So I don't know. But I think part of the thing is that when he's not good defensively, he's a liability. And and if he's not scoring offensively at that moment or contributing offensively too much in that moment, it like he feels like a, a big liability in those moments. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, the part of the problem is, is that you're right. Is like who would replace him as the first pairing guy that eats all those minutes and you yeah, see how Faravari kind of faded down the stretch for whatever reason. Um, you know, there's no one else on the team that can really do that beyond Orlov and, uh, you know, I don't know. Orlov and righty for 30 minutes. I'm fine. Yeah. And I mean, their biggest, pro you know, I think Justin Schultz was a was a liability. He did nothing. I, I, I scored a uh, okay, one. I don't know how we scored a fucking goal. <laughs> yeah, I, like he, like I just felt like all season he was, he was. Oh, uh, he was a terrible contract. I, I truly have no idea what they were thinking. Bob, I never, Bob, I never understood at day one on that one. Life. Like, like there was just so many different things they could have done. They were including bring apparently. someone up from Hershey. They've so many, like they sign veterans sometimes, and I'm like, why? You know what I mean? Like, Connor Sherry. I mean, love the guy. He's worked. Like, you know, he's a hard worker, and I feel like he makes his money, and he's a value. But then, Carlson? Like, but then you're like, no, I'm saying Connor Sherry. I'm like, oh, he takes yeah, a spot. You know, he's he takes a spot. You know, like, yeah. there, there's some extra veteran forwards sometimes that are kind of like top nine guys that are barely top nine guys, and you're just like – does that really, you know, advance the football in this team that needs to be bringing in, bringing along prospects long term? Like the way they played Connor McMichael this year, you know, a lot of people thought that me criticizing how they utilized him meant that I thought he was a, you know, the greatest player on earth. And while he is McJesus, uh, like I just don't, you know, I, I I think he he needed to play more. You know what I mean to bring him along. If yeah. you don't play him more in the regular season, you can't play him in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Because 
you know, he needs to make those mistakes. He needs to learn how to play system hockey. Uh, and he ended yeah. up killing us and, in one of the overtimes. And, and the funny because... thing about that yeah, is yeah, that, and that's a good point. Like, the funny thing about all that, what you said is like you're you said he needs to make those mistakes. That's why I love that that what's his name? Um Bobby Lett stuck with Ferrari the whole season. And I was yeah, glad he did. Yes. Yeah. Glad he's, he's like, he's not, it's not like trial by fire. You're fucked. It's just like, you need to go in there. You need to play this way and learn that it's wrong. Because if you make those mistakes and I throw you off the lines, it's like, well, I'm not going to get a chance to prove myself again. Like, I, he's I, gonna, he put out there and he's like, you need to go out there and you need to keep, you're our guy, which is yeah. amazing to see. And I get that with McMichael. It's like, you're like, McMichael's positioning is McMichael's on a team that at one point this season had about 14 or 15 good forwards that can play in a lineup. And when one of them's not playing well and he's not making a lot of money, you can't just be like, he's got to stay in. No, he's a rookie. He's making not a lot of money. Take him out, put someone in who can play well in his position. In Ferrari's case, we need Ferrari in there. There's not many defense we have on our, like, we saw what happened with Michael Kempney playing reliable minutes this year. That was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was that a was nightmare. Yeah, Erwin was, was good, but he's not top pairing. Like, Ferrari took a lot of bullets, and so did Carlson in retrospect, for the fact that he was a rookie and he was being thrown out against top line guys. He never backed down. He always tried his best. And I know he didn't play well, but at least he didn't, like, just fucking make stupid brain dead decisions like i would see dylan do last season one of the that's one of the one of the things that like angers me about carlson at times is just like something that doesn't even like come off as like ability or like skill like half of the time when when i'm mad at him it's because it looks like he didn't give a shit like <laughs> that's just, that's the, just over, the, overtime, the overtime goal that sent us home from the playoffs in game six against florida this year like he goes to play the puck on the boards as it's going there, and then his guy back cuts him, or someone back cuts, and he takes like one and a half strides to get back into the hole to cut off the game-winning assist right across in front of him. Yeah, if he just, he just got him on his horse, been that simple. the trailer, and just got into the hole, puts his stick in the lane. Hey, Jake, how'd that look in person? That goal didn't have that goal doesn't happen, but take a stride uh -huh. and a half. <laughs> he just slumped so hard. He's like, oh, he just slumped so hard. He, he so easily could have just hustled in and intercepted that pass, and who knows, it could have been a completely different out different Absolutely. outcome. But that goal doesn't happen if he if he puts in effort in the play. There was one. There was one. I know Ian saw it or retweeted it or something. There was one goal where like the other defender. I, I don't know who it was. It might have been Faravari. Someone gets beat. Someone gets beat like right in front of him. Carlson is back closer to the goal. I know what you're talking about. And like I swear, the guy like just walks right by him. Like he. It's like. Like he gives him a pat on the back on the way. Oh, He's like, "Good job, champ." <laughs> He's like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, man, get a free point. Go ahead, good shot." Like he just <laughs> lets him walk right by him. Like when, like he very easily could have just mm. did anything else. Like he just, it you know, just it, it irks me. It makes me mad. It's like yeah. you're getting paid eight million dollars to do this shit. Give me a hundred bucks, and I'll try a lot harder than that. You know. You know, you know, it reminds me of a book, a children's book uh, I read to my son this morning uh, for nap time, which was Just Be Jelly. And it's about this uh, sardine 
who loses his pack of other sardines and he's like panicked in the ocean and he meets these like super chill reggae jellyfish <laughs> the jellyfish is like just be chill man <laughs> everything's gonna be okay and that's that's kind of carlson's uh personality you know like i don't know uh like he's just a super chill dude i don't know what i'm actually trying to say there carlson's just matt Riddle. he just doesn't care he's here for a good time He's he's not your dude, man, that's just his personality. Everybody's got that personality. You know, I, I, I will say, I will say, is that the team is just like slowly walking into a disaster with their core. Like, if you look, Oshi barely played half the year, and yes, he he scored goals in the playoffs, but he also, I, I would say that some of his underlying play, like like he he just he didn't look the same. You know, like you think about it, he scored what like five deflection goals, most of which are on the power play. That's other people creating for him. You know. Um, you know, Oshi, you know, Ovi is 37, and at some point he has to fall off the cliff. Stop. At some point. At it some will point. Not happen. I don't I don't know what it'll happen. Thanks for coming. It's best if he retires. I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I'll say this about the core is is I feel a lot better about its situation with the fact that Kuznetsov just had one of his best seasons ever. I will say this. Oh, but but who I know I know it's still like it's still like you know you're like oh god like everybody's gonna that's fine that's fine but we still have options and ways to solve this. People are acting like oh they've locked themselves. We're not like the fucking Maple Leafs. We're not stuck with this core. Like this isn't what we're going into next season. One thousand percent. There's no choice. We have moves we can make now. Likely Wilson's not going to be on is going to be on long term IR. Which by the way, in case you haven't seen the news, Wilson tore his fucking ACL. Um. And he's going to be out for at least till December to January with that, which means we have about three months of 5.5 extra million dollars on the roster. And then, of course, Backstrom could just fucking retire. And, like, that's just, like, heartbreaking. But that's another 9.5 million. That's $15 million. That's a lot of money in the NHL. That can get you a lot of stuff. And that so, can get you a lot of great stuff. What I know about Backstrom at, be, beyond, like, actually – doing a news story is that like i had been told like last year there's a lot of reports that he had surgery last year i mean i was told that he did not have surgery and that it was just just normal rehab to work his head back and that if he had a second surgery he would likely be done and so that i think i think that's where you're just like he can't really keep going at the pace you know like he could do a retirement tour basically and just kind of play it out the best he can and be like a third or fourth line center, like play to like a third or fourth line center. Also, but like, I have to run. I'm sorry. All right. See you well. But, uh, but like, um, I think, I, you know, I think they, that's a really precarious situation because, you know, for people familiar with like Brooks Orphic's knees, like it was hard for him to walk upstairs oh, at God, the end of his yeah. career uh, with his knee issues. And so like, you know, I think Nicholas is in the same boat where, you know, he's just, you know, he's just maintaining the hip and it's tough and you have to make a decision. What that decision is, is going to be a really big one. But the thing is, is that I think they're walking into an off season where uh, the biggest fish is getting getting Malkin if he ends up becoming UFA. And I, I mean, I absolutely could see a situation where they choose for Baxter to have his surgery 
and then they signed Malkin. If you thought the Rangers fans being mad that Lundqvist got signed is going to be rioting, Pittsburgh might fucking burn. I, I, I'm just telling you now. I'm just telling you now. I could. I. I'm seeing how that could work. Malkin is good with. Oh yeah. and he's close oh. with all the Russian players. Oh yeah. Uh, on this it team, I, I think Malkin would love it. I. I, like, I, I think he would really enjoy it. So here, here, here's what I think about that is I am 100% on the train of if we can get Evgeny Malkin with the caveat being that he does not stop gap Connor McMichael, I would be 1000% down. I was gone for a second. Are we, I was gone for a second. Are we talking about the merge of bringing Crosby and Malkin to the yes. cap? No, no, yes. no, 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 just Malkin. Yes. No, I don't Crosby. No. Dude, imagine, dude, imagine you're like, just like, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. Just imagine this, all right? Close your eyes, dream, and, <laughs> and picture this for yourself, all right? Your first line, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> your second line, all right? Jake Gensel, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Nicholas Backstrom. I would put I don't your third the line, this exercise. Your third line. Brian Rust, Tom Wilson at right wing, and who who could our center, third our center be? Um, Jeff Carter. Then your fourth Just line. Put Malkin there. Fuck it. Put someone else at the top. Put Malkin's Mantham on the top, the top right top wing. Line. Put put Mantha on the top right wing instead of Malkin. And put Malkin. no. Your fourth your fourth line is Mantha, Connor McMichael, and what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, Deming on the right wing. <laughs> Right, Louis Deming, the goalie. Yes. What? Bro, <laughs> who assembled this lineup? <laughs> I, I just made it. <laughs> Did you forget that, like, you... You would okay. Stanley Cup. <clears throat> Let me... Okay, no, Cup. hold on, hold on. You think a lineup that put a top-flight center at right wing and a fucking goalie at right wing is going to win the Stanley Cup? Dude, if... Are you... You merged the Penguins and Caps lineup. There are so many better combinations. We win. We, this is just off of the top of my head. You merge those two lineups, we win a Stanley Cup. I don't care how old the top line is. That that team wins a Stanley Cup. I don't okay, care. Okay, if it was like 2003 and they were filing for bankruptcy. Can you just imagine like the, the, the sheer power that would come from Ovechkin and Crosby on a line together? I feel that like that, that, that would that just squash all the beef of – any like fandom of the Caps versus the Penguins? Be like the picture. You bring both franchises. <laughs> I mean, Crosby's not even the best player in in the Penguins franchise history, but he is of this generation. He's not better than Mario Lemieux. Mm, it's close. It's close. Sidney Crosby's not better than Mario Lemieux. Anyway, I'll I'll say I'll say the idea is funny, but I think what you really should see here is if they're gonna get Malkin. As like I don't want Malkin. I don't want Malkin. You don't want Evgeny Malkin to be your 2C in the year of our Lord 2022. Dude, how old is he? <laughs> he's the same age as – they were drafted in the same draft class. Yeah, and so he's why still would I want part? <laughs> They're still good. Look, here's the thing. If you're going to give him like a fucking four-year contract, no, I don't want that. If it's like a one-year deal, like, hey, you want to just come play in Washington and get a cup with Ovechkin for fun – like hell yes, Dude, adding adding just Evgeny Malkin to the, our lineup does not get us a cup. I'm sorry. Mm, I would heavily disagree because if you think about it, you're going to replace Backstrom with him. He's immediately on the top power play unit, and he probably replaces where Backstrom is. He's immediately on the second line and plays a very awesome line with TJ Oshie and Anthony Mantha, which that sounds like a fun. Adding line another age 36 year old generational talent on offense is not getting us a cup over teams like. 
I mean, it worked like, for it worked for Colorado when they got Ray Bork. Nah, it's, <laughs> it's just not happening. That's not happening. I mean, I'd love to see it just because it'd be hilarious. But it would it's not be. Happening. I you might as well bring you might as well bring back Zdeno Chara too with him. Fuck that man! Do Don't do that! Don't wish that evil upon us. <laughs> that was he Zdeno literally Joel forced like he literally forced Jonas Siegenthaler out of our team. That was horrible. Like seeing that he was the reason Jonas Siegenthaler got traded. Like I never wanted Chara on our team after that. I was like, I don't I, want him anymore. I don't know if it was because of Chara. Like, what did you like, see? It was it, it was in that moment, but it was because of all the glut of the other guys like Dylan. And stuff like that. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame a stopgap of Chara and Laviolette feeling like he has to play him again. I think it's Laviolette and McClellan that own that. But like, I don't know. Like, I think they also just didn't. They just kind of. They don't want to. They don't want to develop anyone. You know what I mean? Like the team just really struggles to develop like some of these mid-range guys. And I don't. I don't know why they don't. Because you look at Jonas. And I mean his reach, you could tell he was gonna be a really, really good shutdown PK. Oh, yeah. You know? And he's I turning just, into a, he's turning into an overall great defenseman. It sucks, but Yeah, it is. But I think the good news is with the Capitals is development is so key when you reach towards the end of the competitive, which is now where they're at. They're reaching the end of that. Now I really need to see this youth be a part of this team. I really, I'm glad. First things first, Favre be a part of that. That's great. That's amazing. That's a good first step to prove you're like, hey, the youth's got to be here. But I do think, like, like what's it called? You're gonna. I want to see Protoss get a chance. I want to see, um, who's the other guy? Leeson get a chance. I want to see McMichael get a full season. Lapierre, obviously, last year Lapierre was a fun story. It was cool having him for nine games, but he just, he was, he was a goddamn, he was a child playing with men, and it was like he was tiny. He couldn't handle physicality, and he, like, it was, it was impossible for him to play. I think when he gets a full, like, bulked up, like when he gets bulked up and McMichael gets bulked up, that's going to be an amazing center con. But we need to see them play, like we really do. So, like, you shouldn't be keeping the tabs on Haglin. I think Haglin train has, has left the station. The eye injury, we shouldn't force him back. We have AJF who's ready to play. We have Larson who's proven himself. We have other people. You really got to just let the youth play well. And that's what like, that's really to my, in my opinion, the thing that needs to happen in these next few seasons is the youth needs to emerge, which is why like you're all, you're, you're talking about Malkin obviously coming in and like playing with this team, which would be really fun. But at the end of the day, you're like, we're just getting older. We're keeping years away from these players that could be playing valuable minutes to prove themselves away from them. That's why 2021 was such a fucking disaster in my opinion, because you had Chara taking up minutes. You had all these older guys taking minutes. Imagine if Siegenthaler was in this defensive core right now. Imagine if we never signed Justin Schultz and trusted Jonas Siegenthaler fully. Imagine him and Favari in the defense. This defense would be lights out. It would be amazing. Like you could have Siegenthaler on the top line, Favari on the bottom pairing. It would be lights out. Imagine if Connor McMichael, if we never traded for fucking Marcus Johansson. Oh my God, I want to scream. Why did we ever do that? Marcus Johansson. And like, imagine if Connor McMichael got to play reliable minutes in the playoffs and got to get a chance to play in the playoffs and to play those minutes and to give himself a chance. When he played in the playoffs, he was really good. He was amazing. It was fun to yeah. watch him play. But that was only because Wilson got injured. And that sucks. If he was the guy in there, it would have been so much better. Like, you got to start trusting youth. And that's where, like, Peter Laviolette, I'm going to go ahead and give this season a mulligan. But next season is really going to concern me if this is the exact same story. You get a Looking back players. on that trade, it was not at all a smart idea to trade a 25-year-old no. Amsterdam assassin Daniel Sprong. For, oh, yeah, I love that. for an old 
aging, not very good. Uh, Marcus Johansson. I just I. I he think, actually he actually played really well down the did. stretch, but but I he, they weren't going to play strong, so I I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I don't know. I don't I know think, what they're doing. I think I think the thing is is right now this last season was a lot like Mantha's injury and Backstrom's injury really derailed a lot because if Mantha doesn't get hurt, this team probably plays a lot better and is in nowhere near a position to be up against Florida. Because the second Mantha came back, this team looked like what they were back at the beginning of the season, which was a really good team that could take almost anyone down. And we saw that against the Panthers. But at this point, we like were dealing with more injuries, with Wilson being injured, and obviously Backstrom's dealing with injury. Like, I think this season, if we get a young, healthy injection of youth, like with Michael, Protus, Leeson, Alexiev could be on the bottom pairing possibly because now Schultz is going to be gone. Like, You could really see this team play a lot better. I still don't know about the goalie situation. I'm not going to lie. They played really well. I mean, Vanacek, I mean, Sam Sonov did, um, and I think he deserves another shot. I really don't think Vanacek is an NHL goalie. He's an NHL backup, which is fine. But, like, I really just think if you give the forwards and defensemen youth a chance to play, like, it'd be, it, we'll be fine next year. We'll be fine. I think we'll be okay. Like, And if we don't, fuck it. We go get Connor Bedard and we, we ball. Like, I mean, at this point, that's all I got to say. Like... <laughs> Connor Bedard and we ball. Oh, to see Connor Bedard in a Washington Capitals. That'd be jersey. fucking hilarious. That'd be that'd be awesome. Well, I think that covers it. Jake, um, you got a wind turbine going off in there, buddy? It <laughs> 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 was right by it. All right, I'll take us out. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for coming, buddy. We appreciate it as always. Um, hopefully, I'll see you on some more hockey games this week. Yes. This summer PA. Yes. It's so much fun. I know the next time he's going, I'm going with him. So just be on the lookout. I'm coming to All right, that sounds great. That sounds um, great. And we will see everybody's bright and beautiful, sunshiny faces at the end of the playoffs, after all the playoffs. Enjoy. If you're a fan of a team that's still in, hopefully they win, unless it's Edmonton. Um, and uh, yeah, have a great night. Have a great rest of your uh, playoffs, everybody. Hope you're Vander can. I have four dollars in my wallet. It's all yours if you want to. Be. <laughs> I spent, I I spent, I spent right. 40 bucks on a half of a tank of gas today. So that's I'm awesome. Out. But uh, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. Have a good night or a good day. Later. See ya.